Yo, I'm Chad. And this is Eric. And together we are... Jumpman! Yes. Uh, yes. The are. millions and millions yes. of maniacs joining us. Thank you very much for listening in. We're a weekly video game slash movie podcast. But I think today it's all about the movies, Eric. And, yes. uh, and maybe some comic books, too. Hell yeah, man. It was free comic book day yesterday. That's right. Did you did you celebrate the um, the Star Wars part of the uh, the day as well? Uh, not really. I was just looking to see if there were going to be any like cool Star Wars announcements. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I heard any. Now, what's what's the deal with with uh, everybody saying May the Fourth be with you? Is it like official Star Wars Day on the fourth? Yes, of May. Mm-hmm. When was that yeah. declared? I don't know, like decades ago. <laughs> it was just start out with like see I mean I, I thought I was a Star Wars fan but I had no idea there was like a day yeah we I'm pretty sure we talked about this last year on a podcast but I guess I just forgot <laughs> yeah I mean back in the day they would do some shit or make an announcement and stuff and I don't know if they made an announcement I missed it yesterday or maybe it's because they've been announcing so much stuff recently that it didn't matter but mm-hmm. I don't know I feel like they opened up a Disney ride last year on May the 4th or something. Oh. So. Every time I think of, like, Star Wars and fans having something to do, it's always, like, either whining or complaining or, like, digital Yoda dancing around to rap music. Uh, I'm Yoda. I'm a soldier. <laughs> That's right. I'm Oja and Folger. I thought I told you. This is seriously like that old school Star Wars gangster rap, which you can probably still look up on the internet. Star Wars gangster rap. Oh, that yeah, was one two, of the. There's, there's two versions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eventually went back and redid it and stuff. That was one of the greatest videos ten years ago. Absolutely. So freaking awesome. Such a good rap. Was that before the prequels? That was when I was I was still in college, man. Uh, I think it was kind of happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. That was so totally. good. Totally overshadowed. Five minutes of flash animation totally overshadowed three feature films. It's not the east or the west side. It's the dark side. You are correct. So Hell good, man. yeah, dude. Dark side. Yeah, it was awesome. So, in today's episode, we are going to give you a review of Iron Man 3, because that's what we do. But, in case you have not seen it yet, we won't spoil it for you right away. We're going to talk about another, a couple movies, free comic book days, and then we will end our podcast with a spoilerific Iron Man 3 conversation. So, if you haven't, right. if you haven't seen the movie yet, it's okay. Enjoy us for now, and then go see the movie, and you know, click pause, and then you can listen to the rest of our episode. <laughs> right. I mean, listen, seen it. listen to us like while you're watching the movie in the theater. It'll be that relevant. Exactly. So, here is our... Review of Iron Man 3 without any spoilers. This is the most we can say right now without giving anything away. Are you ready? I'm ready. It was fucking awesome. It was great. <laughs> it was good. And all the haters can suck it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's fine. <laughs> if you didn't like it, that's cool. We loved it. So, uh, way better than 2. But, I mean, it made it made 2 look dumb. Honestly, yes. it, took, it took everything that was good about 2 and made it better. Yes. Way better. Way better than 2. I love right. it. Right. And and it has some uh, amazing twists and turns I was not expecting, but I I fully embraced. Yes, I I enjoyed it. You know what? I always uh, skip out of work on the uh, first Friday of summer movie season mm-hmm. to go see a movie, and sometimes it's disappointing. Sometimes it's good. Uh, surprisingly, back in like two thousand four or five, when I saw Van Helsing, that was actually a decent movie <laughs> to start yeah, it I mean, off on. You know, whatever. I- 
I would watch Van Helsing again. There are yeah. so many unintentionally funny, or maybe intentionally funny yeah. moments in that movie. Yeah, it's so, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get, but uh, Iron Man 3 was a great, uh, I ended up getting caught by my boss. <laughs> oh, what happened? So, you know, he, he caught me sneaking out. What did you say? Like, and my son is sick or something? No, no, I was eventually, I was like, well, you know, because I had actually worked late. I did, like, a live broadcast uh, on Wednesday, and I was like, well, you know, I was, uh, I was going to flex some time, you know, since I already I worked extra, and, you know, you, you got to let me go see this movie and just take a late lunch, because uh, I got a kid, and I can't go see it otherwise, please. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, no, that's cool, that's cool. So Wow, nice boss. Like, yippee! Like, Anakin style. So, God. so yeah, that's our non-spoiler. <laughs> that's our non-spoiler review of Iron Man. Stay tuned at the end of the episode when we're just gonna dish about everything and tell what we liked and what we didn't like. You, you should have. T- you should ask your boss. Are you an angel? Yeah. <laughs> Send me an angel. No, you fucking slave. No. <laughs> it's like, how the hell do you? Uh, how does Christian? Ah, oh, God. Go back. That line. That freaking line. It's killed so many things in the Star Wars universe. You can't have angels in the Star Wars universe. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yes, I'm an angel. I've come to free you, but not your mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're you're a Jedi. You have lightsabers. Can't you just like why why do they have to go through the whole complicated scenario? Why don't you just be like, all right, so Jedi mind powers do not work on the flying Jew. <laughs> Clearly, Jewish stereotype. Clearly, quite right. stingy, bearded, uh, the voice. Anyway. Uh, so just knife him, kill him, <laughs> yeah. kill him. Take these slaves. That's just how it works on Tatooine, dude. Life is hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just be like, I am the most badass angel you have ever met. Watch what I got. I mean, Liam Neeson should have been like, you know, to Watu. Was it was it Watu? Yes, he's like Watu. What Watu Steen or something? I don't have the credits you're looking for, but what I do have is a particular set of skills. <laughs> skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. <laughs> And it starts with this lightsaber, motherfucker. Uh, you want to roll the dice? Uh, no, he he should have said, uh, "Oh, hello. Um, uh, I, I have this uh, phrase written down in Tatooine ease on uh, this piece of paper. I'd like you to read it." Yeah, I mean seriously, when Watu rolls his, his cubes, he didn't call them dice; he calls them cubes. Instead of using the force to make them come up, he should have used the force to go right down his throat. Yeah, <laughs> like spin in the air and be like, into one eye, yeah. into yeah. his nostril. He's like. Well, you know, we're Jedi, and we're good, and we're known for doing good deeds all across the galaxy, but we ain't saving your slave mom. <laughs> I mean, it would literally take two seconds to save your slave mom, but we're going to leave her here. <laughs> I mean, all he had to do was just sweeten the deal. All he had to say was just like, yeah, that's right, we'll give you our ships, so throw in the mom. Or he could have just said slavery's bad, bitch, and just steal her. <laughs> it's like, like, what kind of army does Watu have, you know? He could just kind of be like, yo, dude. Deactivate her head explodey thing and give it to me, or I'm gonna kill you. I mean, Watu, all he's got is his himself. I mean, maybe some like merchant buddies and uh, the Jabba's to like complain to. So uh, you can't complain if you're dead. Yeah, and crime rules in Tatooine. It's like you're a fucking Jedi, dude. I mean, yeah. are you serious? Well, I'm gonna. Well, I'm on a criminal planet, so I guess I better abide by the law of criminals, dude. Then that and that is why. Obi-Wan in like the first in his first 5 minutes of A New Hope is way more badass. He goes into like the the greatest hive of scum and villainy in the known universe and cuts a dude's arm off like it ain't no thin like pow, you ain't messing with me. Exactly. Like I thought the, the whole Qui-Gon thing was Qui-Gon was like uh, Qui-Gon. 
怪怪怪俊，又慢。呃，怪俊。He was supposed to be like a rebel compared to the rest of the council, which is why he never was on the council because you know he made rash decisions and decisions and stuff. Yet for some reason, he wasn't rash enough to free a slave that was right in front of his face. I understand, dude. You're not there to free slaves. Like you, you can't free all the slaves. But you ate dinner with that slave. You think <laughs> she let you stay there during the sandstorm? You think the least you could do, and you're taking her son. You could just take her too. <laughs> It ain't that hard. That's right. He's just like, well, <clears throat> I mean, I'm taking away your only reason to live, but uh, yeah. peace. Yeah, and it, you should just be happy because you know he'll be in a better place. Until, until my dumb. assistant here cuts his arms and legs off. <laughs> <laughs> That's a burn in a lava bath. You know, so oh, I guess man. I guess taking him was probably a bad idea for the universe. I mean, maybe he sensed it in the force. The force was like, no. Don't take the old woman. She just slow you down. Yeah. Plus, how come he didn't test her for midichlorians? He's like, "Wow, your your son has got a shit ton of midichlorians." Hey, can I do a quick blood test on you too, just to see if maybe uh, where he got? Nah, nah, nah. It's just uh, it's the force's will. <clears throat> see, I I thought midichlorians was it was it was uh quite it was quite guns uh quite John's code for being a pedophile. He's just like, hey. You got the highest midichlorian count we've ever seen. What's that? Oh, it's uh, it's something I have to suck your prehensile dick for. It's just, yeah. It's just, a, he was like, well, you know, it actually works out better if we don't take the mom because Jedi aren't supposed to have attachments. You know, we're, we're, we're supposed to, like, separate from our family, so we're really just doing him a favor. It's stupid. I mean, she could have had sex with a dolphin. He could have been a dolphin baby. And, like, she'd be like, I'll just tell everybody he didn't have a father. Plus, she had the worst death scene in the history of movie death scenes for, for for like major motion picture movies she had the worst death scene in attack of the clones so if he just saved her in the first movie he could have saved us all from watching her go oh Anakin it's just like it's like flipped over backwards at his arms I mean wait wait wait, wait. All, right, all right hang on hang on hang on okay let's compare let's compare her death scene in attack of the clones which is one of the worst movies ever to let's say um uh, uh, Rash al Ghul's daughter's death scene in the latest Batman Ooh, movie. Yeah, that was pretty bad too. What? What was? What would she say right before she died? Uh, fuck if I know. I don't know. She's like ah, ah, revenge. <laughs> yeah, she managed to get her whole big monologue out one last time. It was silly. If only her head had fallen and landed on the horn of the truck. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> that would have been just even better. <laughs> He'd be like, "Oh, sorry. Uh, what was that?" Uh, uh, I can't hear you. Yeah. Uh, what, what? Yeah, they should have just walked away. <laughs> Who gives a shit? You're bad. You're dying. We don't really care. The bomb's going to blow up in like one minute. I don't got time to listen to this bullshit. I listened to you earlier when you stabbed a knife in me and I just laid there. Although he did, Batman did have a pretty sick burn while he had a knife still sticking in him. That was pretty great. Yeah, but it's just like... And again, too, like he was uh, Batman. You know, like Batman will fight on when Bane is destroying him, mm-hmm. but he gets stabbed in the knife, but more literally in the heart. It's like, you've just been stabbed. Okay, so like, chop down with your elbow to break her grip on the knife and roll away, but instead, he's just like, oh no, oh, I'm so you, I, but we had sex earlier. Like, oh, I'm just I can't even move. I'm just so sad. And Bane's wrapping a rope around his neck, and he's just laying there, and he he's in control enough to ask her questions. Wasn't it good for you? <laughs> I thought this. Uh, I got. I got your initials tattooed on my ankle. 
You know, like, come on, dude. It's like, I understand, like, it hurts because she keeps digging the knife and he's like, and I'm, I'm sure that fucking kills. But you could have tried the fight back. Punch her in the face, tried to kick her away, you know, but he was just so like, I'm so hurt. I mean, I, I think she just broke his concentration, you know. He's just like, he just rallied all these cops, you know, to their own deaths, you know, being like mowed down by machine gun fire and yeah. tank fire. You know, he's just thinking about one thing and that's beating the hell out of Bane. You know, punching him in the face until he dies. And then somebody uh, puts a monkey wrench into the plans. Yeah, boy, talk about, yeah, mentally fragile. Yeah, I, well, I mean, he was, like, <laughs> he was, like, locked in his library, like, beast from Beauty of the Beast for, like, eight years. That's true. I mean, yeah, he, like, his, his weak point is is the ladies. He's like, oh, my freaking knees. I can't be Batman. Yeah, uh Give me a picture of Rachel so I can jerk off to it again. <laughs> Swear to me, Rachel. Oh, no. Swear to me. Aw. That was your choice, Batman. You chose the big chin DA over your own hot girlfriend. Yeah. And he still and he usually had to kill him in the end anyway. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's uh. All right, so we got way off topic here, but it was fun. Um, I do. Oh, wait. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. So, so free comic book day. What did you pick up? So, free comic book. I went the digital realm. Oh. So I just got on my Kindle, mm-hmm. and uh, I went. I had like I have like this comics app, <laughs> and it said like others. Oh, Marvel had some new free comics, so I actually picked up four. They were like short motion comics of Gar- oh. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, cool. So, like, there's four issues, and hmm. each one was of one of the members. And since they got this movie coming out next year, and I know nothing, really, about Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, oh, cool. And I'll check it out. Hmm. So it was pretty neat. It wasn't just a comic that was transferred to digital. Like, every time you tap the screen, like, something else would happen, or a new thought thing would pop up to the same picture mm-hmm. you're watching and stuff. So it was cool. So I kind of learned about the tree guy and the raccoon guy and Thanos' daughter and then the Drax guy. So... Hey, wait a second! Isn't Thanos' daughter the one who ultimately like screws him over in the uh, in the original comics, like the Infinity Gauntlet? You know, it's funny. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet was like six issues, and I think I uh, bought the first three or four, and then got bored. So I never, <laughs> I never found out how it ended. So, mm-hmm. I, well, it was, it was, it had to do with his with his daughter and his son. Like he he had screwed them over, but allowed them to live, and they wound up, uh, I don't know, pulling his pants down in gym class. Uh. Yeah, so that was cool, you know, free, some free. I I tried getting a DC comic app, and it sent me to iTunes, and uh, I think you got to have an i something, like an iPhone or an iPad. So I don't I don't think that they had a thing for Kindle yet. I, you know, I really only tried for about one minute, and I was like, fuck this. But uh, so yeah, I got Guardians of the Galaxy comics. That was cool. That's that's the deal, man. Is like I've never been able to get Marvel's app to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd say I'm a pretty tech-savvy guy. Like, I installed it. I signed up for a freaking account, you know, mm-hmm. and they're going to email me every single day with their crap. But I still couldn't get, like, when I was buying a new Ultimate Spider-Man, I couldn't get the digital download to work. It just wasn't working. Yeah, and I didn't even get this from Marvel. This was, this was like, X Comics, like some kind of app that's for, like, mm-hmm. all kinds of comics. That's crap, man. I mean, so... that, like, if, if you don't make it easy, we're just going to, like... Go the easier route and, you know, pirate, man. I, that's why last, last night I was on 4chan slash CO browsing comics. Because I was like, this is easy. Oh, look, JPEGs. Awesome. <laughs> oh, every day is free comic book day for Chad. <laughs> why just once a year? <laughs> well, it's like, you know, if I'm, if I'm really into something, I do buy comics. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but if I'm really into, if I feel like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I don't feel like spending $3.99 on an issue right now. 
I'll go uh, look up some um, some old comic online. They are really expensive now. Yeah, comics like what the hell, dudes? I mean, you know, DC hold the line at two ninety nine. That's nice and all, but it's still like, I mean, uh, you know, comic people talk about the inflation of comics and how it's all about the collectors really drove up the price because you know it's like, I don't want to get into that too much, but yeah. like, God, it used to be under a buck. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the they, like the paper they print on is made out of gold. You know, it's not like I understand the paper is better quality these days and stuff, but I mean, I don't know. Now they're just trying to get a return on their, on their, you know, like will be $200,000 issue maybe someday. Yeah, it seems a little pricey. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, the other night I read through something I've been, I, I think I had a friend in college who was way too into the Sandman who turned me off to the Sandman because, because they were way too into it. Mm. But uh, so I finally read one of the volumes of the Sandman. Okay. Which was, uh, it was called <clears throat> Sandman Season of Mists. Mm. And for the record, and I've never read The Sandman. I've just always heard it spoke about reverently. I know. People, I mean, it's, it's in the same um, comic book hall of fame as, like, Watchmen. Yes. And uh, other, you know, like, Sin City and other great graphic novels. And anything Frank Miller wrote in the 80s. Yes. You know, Dark Knight Returns and all that. Yeah. So uh, I read Season of Mist. It's I think it's like I think it's like Volume Four, of The Sandman. I didn't care, um, and I was like, okay, wow, all right. I know that this is about like this group of dudes who all <laughs> the group of dudes whose name starts with D. There's like Destiny, Death, Dream, yada yada yada, and uh, and the whole the whole first arc of the comic book is like, okay, all these dudes who rule over the universe, names all start with D, are like dudes. Uh, Dream was a dick one time and sent his girlfriend down to hell and she's been there for 10,000 years and he should totally do something about it. <laughs> really? So, yeah, and Dream's like, okay. <laughs> so he's like, well, the last time I was there I made Satan look like an idiot, so there's probably going to be a huge slobber knocker of a fight, so I gotta get ready and say goodbye to everybody because I'm probably going to die. And everybody's like, Dream, you can't die. Dude, what do we... People need dreams! And he's like, sorry, dudes, you gotta go save my girlfriend down in hell. But, uh, when he gets there, and this is spoilerific, because, uh, I, I, uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed reading it, but I was still just like, in retrospect, I was like, this is totally weird and depressive and passive-aggressive. Well, this came out decades ago, so you can spoil away. <clears throat> it was in 19, 1990 this first came out. Uh, this this issue. So he gets down to hell, and and this whole buildup is like Lucifer's like all oh, the demons of hell. You will remember this day. And dreams like fuck. He's so much more powerful than me. I'm gonna get my ass kicked, um, but I have to do it the the right way because I'm dream. So I have to tell him I'm coming. Screwed. I'm screwed. He gets there, and there's nobody in hell. And Satan's like, yeah, send everybody away. Eh, I'm through being the Dark Lord. Here's the key to hell. I'm going. Bye. <laughs> Wow, weird. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm just like, what? And, and even at one point, while they're just like hanging out down in hell, talking, Dream's like, I thought we were going to fight. <laughs> and Satan's like, nah, I don't feel like it. Eh, see you later. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it was very unexpected. And, and then uh, the rest of the entire thing is Dream has the key to hell and everybody wants hell. Like all these beings of all these different, like, Religions like Odin wants the key to hell, and the fairies from Ireland want the key to hell. Neil Gaiman is really into you know fables and mythology from around the world, mm. uh, which I am too. It's pretty awesome. Uh, everybody comes to like Dream's door wanting the key to hell, and where they go from there is pretty cool. Oh, okay. Well, that does sound kind of neat. Yeah, and you know it was 
It was, uh, I think it was like six, maybe, God, maybe like ten issues of a comic book. You know, it's like if you're if you're gonna go like full into Sandman, you got to get the volumes. There's like, God, there's like fourteen volumes. It's just a huge amount of work. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't imagine <clears throat> paying like per issue because it just like goes and goes and goes. But yeah, maybe they have time one of those with it, big overall, collection volumes. You can buy one huge book. Yeah, it would be like buying one issue of like the original Watchmen run. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason. You know, because you want the full story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I uh, I learned a lot about my friend who was really into Sandman in college. I was like, oh, this reminds me a lot of them. <laughs> Very dark and depressed and passive aggressive about everything. Yeah. And th- and this is the girl who like dressed up as some of the characters every Halloween. Oh. Like everybody dresses up as Death from the Sandman because Death in the Sandman is like a hot goth chick. Oh, okay. But she would dress up as one of the other characters, uh, Delirium, I think, or Dementia, some D word. <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> exactly. Where's douchebag? <laughs> I mean, Destiny is kind of the douchebag, where he, like, Destiny's like, like, oh crap, something big is coming, and he summons all the D, all the D dudes to the table, and they're like, Destiny, what's coming? What'd you summon us here for? And he's like, I summoned you all here for this meeting. <laughs> okay, did you not get the memo? It's like, this is a very self-serving um, kind of a thing, but n- now we're all here, and this is why we were supposed to be here. I don't fucking know. I told Dickhead to get the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't. <laughs> it could have been like a Dr. Seuss episode, totally. <clears throat> In fact, I'm sure it's been it's been parodied like crazy, so I'm sure somebody has done that. that I'm sure. Anyway, I, I had a good time with it, but overall I was like, wow, this is like... You gotta be in a certain mood for Sandman. Mm. So, um, figure I might as well jump and do my thunder jump. Or thunder jump. Oh, God. I'm <laughs> fucking, I'm fucking losing it, dude. Um, I do my thunder dump now. Yes. Which is, I rented, and I'm sure this is, this is the actual review that everyone's waiting for right now. Mm. Death Race 3. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What about Death Race 3000? Well, here's the thing. So, for anyone that doesn't know, back in 1975, a movie came out called Death Race 2000. Mm-hmm. And it was a cult classic starring Robert Carradine and uh, Sylvester Stallone, mm. pre-Rocky. Wow. Awesome. Highly recommend it. It's hilarious. Then, back in the present day, I don't know, like six, seven years ago now, um, mm-hmm. they came out with Death Race, just Death Race, you know, because it's past the date. And it was starring Jason Statham now right. as the main character of Frankenstein. It was actually pretty fun. Loved it. Great movie. So... Then they came out with Death Race 2, which mm. was a prequel to the Jason Statham Death Race. Straight to DVD. Uh-huh. And actually not bad. Hmm. It does the origin of the real Frankenstein driver. Um, you know, some of the uh, shittier actors from the, from the first movie are back, you know, and so they, they've reprised their roles. And um, instead of the, the pit boss uh, that was in the first Death Race, they replaced him with Machete. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, can't go wrong with Machete. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fing Rames uh, is in there and stuff. So it's, a, it's not bad. It kind of actually ties up what happened before Jason Statham <coughs> went to prison. And it mm-hmm. neatly just goes right into the Death Race movie. Oh. Leaving no room for a third Death Race. But, oh, all right. But here we are. <laughs> Death Race 3. <laughs> They're like, shit, how could we make another straight-to-DVD movie, even though the sequel led straight up into the original? What can we do? They're like, okay, 
So we'll just pretend that now this other guy bought Death Race and he's going to take it global and we'll take Frankenstein and his pit crew and transfer him to a prison in the Kalahari Desert and have a uh, desert Death Race run. Yeah! Wow. Uh, the desert is the cheapest location of all time because you don't have to, like, hire extras. Yeah. So the, the first half hour of this movie is really shitty. Like, it's just so bad. It's like, oh, my God, straight to DVD, of course, and this sucks. And, like, I was, like, I was really just not even happy. And even when they had, like, this all-women smackdown, Mm -hmm. you know, that just had nothing really to do with the movie, I was like, ugh, this is not really that good. But then it rallies, and it turns into a decent movie. Oh. You know, it was, like, they had a couple good twists, and, like, the ending Mm -hmm. was pretty cool, and then the action picked up and made a little more sense. Um now, of course, Machete actually lived through Death Race 2, which we know Machete always dies in movies. Oh, yeah, weird. So then he died in this one. <clears throat> but then he did it because he was alive at the end. What? Yeah, it was a twist. All right. And he totally gets his dick sucked by a nurse who's, like, young and hot because he's Machete. <laughs> God, that'd be the weird. I mean, like, any sexual partner with, with Machete's face, that'd be, like, so awkward. I have to feel like his penis probably looks like his face. <laughs> You know, it was just, it would be scary. I would not want to, if, if you were a woman, you would not want to get anywhere near that, but, you know. I mean, maybe, what what if his penis kind of talked like him, too? Like, it'd be like, hey, yeah. come over here. It's probably, yeah, his, his penis is probably a less ugly Danny Trejo. <laughs> happy, happy single de Mayo. <laughs> um, but a, as it went on, it, it, it was uh, turned into an okay, I mean, I rented it for a dollar. Oh, good. But, uh, you know, it turned into an okay movie. And then at the end, then it led into Death Race, the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. So they, they so, managed, they managed, to, they managed to, to, to wedge a little bit of room in between Death Race 2 and the original, even though there wasn't a room. And then they managed to shoehorn it in and make it fit. In fact, uh, Liu Kang, Liu Kang was back in this one. He's been in all the really? Death Race movies. Yeah, his, his character is 14K. Mm-hmm. And he gets killed in the original Death Race. Ah. So I'm watching this. You know, obviously he can't die in Death Race three because he's still alive in Death Race. Right. So, uh, but his character 14K was in there, and they did uh, manage to find a little bit of time for him to karate kick a couple people. Of course, I mean that's the whole reason you bring you bring Robin Shu into something. Yeah. So Not I mean, to be the star. Yeah. So he was cool. And uh, okay. yeah. So in the end, it wasn't too bad. You know, he saw a couple boobies and a lot, a lot of cars flipped <laughs> over a lot. You know, and smashy smashy. So. I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't get the image of Danny Trejo's uh, penis <laughs> with with his face on it, out of yeah. my head. Yeah, that's all you think about. God, that's like, that's like a, there's this movie, uh, Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah. Made, made by Troma. Oh, perfect. And, uh, yeah, where, where Juliet has this dream sequence, because I think she's like a virgin, and she's dreaming about like a man, a man with a gigantic wang. It's like this gremlin head on the end who's like talking to her. Oh, jeez. Eh. It's bizarre. So anyone that is a fan of these Death Race movies, which could just mm-hmm. be me, uh, if you do rent Death Race 3 and it starts off slow, eh, stick with it. Just watch the whole thing. So you might be uh, pleasantly surprised by the end. Like, it's it's like, you know, it's just as shitty as the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Except it doesn't have dreamy Paul Walker in it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's like, you know, it's like the Fast and Furious, except they're in prison. And the chicks are I- hotter. I, I saw the dumbest slash most telling poster for Fast and the Furious Six, which mm. are they just calling Fast Six now? I don't even know. 
So it, it has a, an image of the blonde guy from uh, Fast and the Furious franchise. Paul What's Wa- his name? Paul Walker. Yeah, Paul Walker. And it just says, everything has led to this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, every movie has led to this movie, part six. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was some kind of like deeper meaning in there, but it's like, yes, clearly, clearly parts one through five have led to part six. I really feel like uh, part three did not. Tokyo Drift. Like, it didn't have oh, yeah? any of the characters in it. Vin Diesel showed up in the credits. Mm-hmm. Paul Walker wasn't in it. That was kind mm-hmm. of a throwaway one. But uh, but the preview for 6 does look good. I mean, I'll wait for video, of course, like I said before. Well, dude, well, speaking of showing up in the credits, I just read this this morning. Did you did you know that there were extra scenes from Iron Man 3 that we did not see? Like, that weren't at the end of the credits? Yeah. Like, um, like there were scenes shot for Iron Man 3 that only played in China. Oh, yeah, well, a lot, a lot of movies are doing that now. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's trying to get the the country of China's, like, tons and tons of people to buy, to come and see their movie. So, like, um, mm-hmm. Red Dawn uh, changed the attackers. They, they were originally invaded by China, and they changed it to North Korea at the last second. Really? So they could play it in China and get money. Huh. Yeah, well, yeah, lots, lots of people are changing it now because they're trying to tap into that, uh, that you know, the biggest market in the world. and. You know, if China lets your movie get played in there, they only allowed like a certain number of U.S. films a year in there. Right. <clears throat> I think that's just kind of nuts. I mean, I, I'm not going to get political about it, but I just being like, that's crazy. And just the reading the description of the scenes in the movie, which is just like every once in a while they cut to this dude, Doctor Wu, in China, just uh, talking to Jarvis in Mandarin about like what's going on. That's weird. I mean, like, yeah. what if they did that to like Chinese movies coming over to here? They should. <laughs> I mean, they basically did with Godzilla. They added scenes with Americans in it. Well, yeah, that's true. Everybody's comparing it to the original Godzilla with Raymond Burr, which was stupid, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was really ridiculous. Uh, where so instead of just getting the original movie, we get these scenes in between the original movie of Raymond Burr describing what's happening to us over the radio. Yeah. So he's literally talking into a microphone like, ladies and gentlemen, there's a giant dinosaur somewhere off camera. It's wrecking everything. He's stepping on hospitals. Blah, 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 blah. And every time we cut back to Raymond Bird, like the building is and is more and more trashed. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, that was their idea, but that was, that was the fifties. Mm-hmm. This is like the 2010s. Hey, gotta get, gotta get that money. I guess, but it's just like, ah, made a ton of money I, I, over there. It's silly. It's just silly. It's like, if that's what you need to, like, unlock the, the golden doors into China, then, like, why bother? Because, like, can't the film just stand up on its own? Yo, I'm fully willing to re-edit every one of our Jumpman Podcast episodes with a 10-minute <laughs> Chinese segment. <laughs> <laughs> and see if they play well over there. Yeah? Yeah. So let's... it's jump Jumpman Podcast now with China. Yeah, let's fucking do it. <laughs> so let's talk, well, about, Eric... let's talk about Iron Man 3, then. Yes. All right, so and this is going to be spoilerific, so yes, so we get ready. spoil everything. So don't mm. listen to this unless you actually watched it. Mm. Okay, that's your warning. And plus, it's worth half an hour in, and no one's listening anyways. <laughs> can I can I just say it had the greatest bonus scene at the end of the credits of all the Marvel movies, even better than Shwarma, because it changed the entire movie. Uh, I kind of I liked it. Like <clears throat> it was it was funny to me. I was just hoping there would be like two credit scenes, the one the one that we saw and then another one that kind of like gave a tease for the next movie. I usually like those two. Oh no, I'm I'm all about that as well, but I'm just saying like, you know, the whole movie you hear Tony Stark talking about his life and describing the events and stuff, and then the credits totally twists it around to where he's just like like 
like he's been like in uh in a couch talking to Bruce Banner about the whole thing and Banner's like falling asleep. Yeah. It changed the whole entire movie to just like this selfish like psychologist rant. That was pretty good cuz a lot of movies do that. They have like a, a little narration, but they never actually come full circle to where you are actually doing the talking or the narration. So it was cool that he was like you know, the movie starts off as like, well, you know, let's begin here. And then, well, you know what, let's take it back a little bit. And then at the end, you're like, shit, he was actually dictating to the Hulk and he fell asleep. Exactly. That was, I was cool. like, I, I was like, that's that's brilliant. And I don't think we'll, if I don't, I don't I've never seen it before. And I don't think we ever will again, because mm-hmm. it was just like a silly throwaway joke. But it changed the whole movie for me. So I thought, all right, great. I liked it. This is pretty cool. So, you know, Tony Stark's got the new... Iron Man armor that he can just summon to him. He doesn't have to, like, put it on. He just, like, does a mental command. And, like, it flies in little pieces one at a time, like, arm, foot, dick, head, stuff. And he goes, choo-choo-choo, and just dresses him. So that's pretty cool. But there's this Mandarin guy, and he's not the Mandarin from the comic books. And no, then he's like, uh, it, like I've heard him described as Osama bin Mandarin. Yes, that's a good, that's a good thing. You know, he's just a terrorist. You know, and for anyone that was disappointed, oh, it's not the Mandarin with his ten power rings and stuff. Eh, that doesn't work for an Iron Man movie. That works in a, for an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. But I like that this Mandarin was was more realistic. It, it worked for me. Like the first, the first two Iron Man movies had villains that were grounded in reality. I mean, yes, they're like, okay, the guy's flying around in like a super suit made right. of like crazy technology but they don't go like crazy superpowers yeah and in fact like they they kind of make fun of the avengers and thor and a bunch of other superpowered individuals in this movie right like at one point somebody says like everything changed when that dude with the hammer fell out of the sky yeah yeah <laughs> yeah kind of you know the, all the all this stuff is based on technology even though it's crazy and it could never happen in real life it's still based mm-hmm. on their technology and that that works yeah I, at one point don Cheadle says Says like, aren't you supposed to be running around with the super friends right now? Yeah, uh-huh. totally ripping on him for being in the Avengers. It was great. Yeah, he's just jealous because he didn't get in. <laughs> but he was even funnier though. Like they were making fun of his name. They're like, you know, he called himself War Machine. You know, like in the comics. And then he's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're Iron Patriot now, which is also in the comics. But I don't know. I I, I love that they included the Iron Patriot in a way that nobody expected, mm-hmm. and they still had got to have the Iron Patriot uh, be a villainous character too. Yeah. No, it was pretty neat. I thought um, the Mandarin was awesome. Like, Ben Kingsley, I loved the voice he did as the Mandarin. Mm. Like, I was just like, oh, this guy's cool. He's badass. What's going to happen? And then halfway through the movie, they flip the script, and you find out it's just an actor. I thought it was genius. I was like, when that happened, I was like, people are either going to love or hate this. I love it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It's like, I didn't expect it. I thought the Mandarin was this tough motherfucker, mm-hmm. and we're going to have to find him and stuff. And then you, he finds out he's just this actor hopped up on drugs who just reads the script and doesn't actually think people are being killed. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Totally misleading. I like it. It was different. Oh, yeah. No, I thought it was great. You know, like, at, at that at that point, we were either going to see, and, and, you know, I'm sure, actually, not I'm sure, like, I'm, I'm betting early versions of the script had, like, the power rings and, you know, like, Iron Man versus the Mandarin, you know, but uh, at that point, like, we had built up the, um, the whole, like, scientific part of the extremist thing that, like, a full-on Mandarin with the power rings just wasn't going to cut it. Yeah. You know, it's like we... They were building up, like, the true villain of the entire story, like, the whole time, whole time, whole time. It just made so much sense for the Mandarin to be, like, a red herring. Yeah, and the um, the chick from the beginning, the extreme botanist, mm-hmm. she was actually... <laughs> she, she was a bad guy, and, you know, you didn't quite see that coming, and... Well, you, let's talk about her, because, uh, because I just read the... Um, 
the 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 comic that that part this is partially based on the the Iron Man extremists, uh-huh. um, which was like a six issue series. Okay, and she is the villain of that uh, of that series, Maya, whatever her name is. Oh, really? Yeah, and in the comic, as opposed to the movie, uh, she. She, uh, whatchamacallit, it's the same thing where, like, she's this tormented scientist who doesn't really want to, you know, like, unleash her creations on people, and she tries to get Tony Stark involved to, uh, to bring down this one dude who's escaped with extremists in his body. Mm. Um, like, extremists doesn't blow people up, right. uh, like it does in the movies, it just gives them crazy superpowers. Mm. Uh, but in the end, after Tony Stark has, you know, like, overcome, and she's helped him out a ton and give, g- given him his own, like, extremists to help him out, uh, in the end, he figures out that it was her that unleashed the extremists on this dude. Uh, okay. Like, like, she was the one who did it, like, she needed, like, a viable test subject, uh, like, to bring her product to market so she could get a ton of money so she could, you know, be a doctor or something. Mm. Okay. And in the movie, we, in the movie, it was kind of, I was kind of un... un- I thought it was unclear as to what her whole thing was because she kept on going back on her position. She'd be like, Tony Stark, my boss is working for the Mandarin. And then in another scene, she'd be like, don't kill Tony. You know, we need him. But what was her, what What was she really fighting for? I don't know. Didn't care, though. They shot her. That was cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they, they just used, they shot her to help put the other guy over as a bad guy. So that worked for me. I know. But, you know, in retrospect, I was like, was she like, like full in on the villainy or was she mm. just kind of like half and half sounds like half and half sounds like she wanted to use it and this is the only guy that would let her do it correctly but she didn't like that he was a dick so i mean she kind of waffled yeah. in terms of her her motivation which i guess is totally fine i was just you know kind of interested because in the comics it's like all right she's way more like not not like mwahaha super villain no she's she's clearly responsible for everything that happens mm-hmm. Those, I you know what this movie really um, it tried to do what ba- Batman three did, but way more successfully. Batman mm-hmm. three he ain't Batman for much of the movie. He's Bruce Wayne for most of the movie. He mm-hmm. gets broken. He goes to these stages, and they did that with Iron Man. Tony Stark is in it almost the whole time. Iron Man's in it in the beginning and the end, mm-hmm. but it really worked for this. Like I liked what they put Tony through. I liked he was having the panic attacks. From because you know mm-hmm. shit did get real with the Avengers and stuff, and nobody blends humor in to these uh, action movies better than Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, like even when something serious is going on, he can crack a joke and it doesn't take away from the movie. Like it's it's hilarious. I love that he called that little kid a pussy. Or <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you know, you know how I know these things because we're connected. And he rolled the window open, drove away from the kid, like. They're always, you know, they're really good at injecting humor into the Iron Man franchise. I like it. You, you know what? You know what kind of weirded me out was like in the end where he, you know, like he he played the good guy and um, and gave the kid a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. As like a way of saying thank you. He gave the kid a car. Right. Right. What's the kid who's like ten gonna do with like that crazy custom car? Drive it in six years, man. <laughs> I just thought, like, okay, all right, this is a totally awesome Christmas present. All right, and here's the thing that you can't actually use mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's a total tease. No, it's okay. He's got all that other shit to keep him occupied until then. I guess. Or maybe he'll just disassemble the car. I thought it was cool. I loved the action. I loved at the end when he had all of his armor fighting. 
You know, so he had like 45 versions of his armor all flying around the dockyard fighting the bad guys. The bad guys were tough enough to give him an adequate battle. Like with their heat powers and stuff, they could fuck up your Iron Man armor like really fast. So that was cool. They, there was a lot of bad guys, a lot of good guys. The bad guys were tough enough to give them an mm-hmm. actual fight. Those were all important things. Yeah, no, I, I, it was great. As soon as the huge battle started at the end, I was like, awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't mind the whole movie that it was mostly Tony Stark. And then he goes on these, like, black ops missions just by himself or with uh, Rhodey. Yep. You know, where he's just like, I'm just a dude with a handgun and I kick ass outside of the suit. Yeah. No. That was totally that was totally fine. It was cool. But uh, as, as soon as the huge battle started at the end, I'm like, yes! Awesome! And then some of the Iron Man suits, you know, get screwed up immediately by the uh, villains. I'm like, oh, God, I did not expect that. Yeah. No? You know, like... The, uh, the the trailers have been showing kind of like the beginning of that fight and showing off some of the armor and I just, I felt like okay wow it's going to be like the first two movies where like nothing can really touch them mm. but no it's like I mean especially by the end where he blows them all up it's like no they are definitely they are definitely um, mortal yeah. they're not made of adamantium yeah no it was pretty cool um the I mean overall love this movie and there's really no need for another Iron Man movie ever again. Because right. the way it ends is he settles down with his life. He accepts where he's at. He gets the shrapnel removed from his chest. He blows up all the armor. Mm-hmm. And he's okay. And I thought it was great. Like, we don't need another Iron Man movie. We need him in the Avengers too, obviously. But they've wrapped up the arc of Iron Man. And I'm happy. It's good. I, You know, as as soon as the movie ended, I was like, wow, this is why... You know, he was talking about not being in Avengers 2 or other Iron Man movies because, like, at the end of the movie, I was like, wow, I'm totally satiated. Yeah, this char- this character had this great arc from Iron Man 1 to the Avengers, which is, like, his his peak where he sacrificed himself. Mm-hmm. And, like, Avenger, or excuse me, Iron Man 3 is just, like, gravy. It's, like, you know, just exposition at the end of the story. Yeah, well, maybe he'll, I mean, we know he'll come back for Avengers 2. And mm. maybe that'll be the last thing he does, and maybe he'll be a smaller character in that, because they're going to be introducing extra new heroes, so maybe he'll have a smaller role, and that'll be it. Well, I mean, that's what everybody's been talking about, is Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, they're going to have a totally new uh, roster for the Avengers, you know, which which happens on occasion. Plus, they already said they're probably doing Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Yeah, what was up with that? So, I mean, <laughs> they've always been in the event. I've never liked those two characters. I yeah. love super speed i love the flash and stuff uh those two characters have always been kind of stupid to me Mm -hmm. i've never really been a fan but they were in the avengers for a long time uh so i mean yeah but who cares yeah so i I guess we'll just see how they get used they're not allowed to say magneto they're not allowed to say x-men they're not allowed to say mutants so they have to be careful how they use them um yeah I guess we'll see what happens. But yeah, that was a good way to wrap up Iron Man. And it's funny because I read this big article in E Weekly about it. And he was just saying that um, Shane Black, who wrote it, he always, his theory is like, you shouldn't write a movie to segue into the next movie. You just make the best movie you can and let the other guy try and figure it out. There you go. And that's what they did with this Iron Man. They're like, ah, oh, just wrapped it up. And whoever wants to use Iron Man next, you just <laughs> have to come up with a way to to fix what I did. So sorry, but I'm not helping you any. I made a great movie. Well, he def- he definitely, uh, you know, it, he, it wrapped it up in a way that you could have a sequel. But at yeah. the same time, it finished out the uh, the trilogy pretty awesomely. And by the way, the, the director slash writer Shane Black, he wrote the first two Lethal Weapon movies. He wrote The Last Boy Scout. 
He wrote <laughs> he wrote Last Action Hero. <laughs> I love this guy. Yeah. So no, the, what I, I think what I really loved, and let's let's talk about like specific specifics too, because like I love the way that all right they introduce the new armor that flies all over the place and like slaps onto people. Yeah. Great. Then they kind of introduce the idea that it doesn't have to go onto Tony, it can go onto anybody. Right. Because he, he flings it onto Pepper to save her in the beginning. Yes. Then uh, he shows that he can operate the suit with him not even being in the suit. Right. It's like So it's like steps, like step by step by step by step, they're, they're setting up like the final battle scene. Yep. And I, I just thought it was so smart. It's like, so by the end, okay, Pepper's got some of the armor. All of his armor is just flying around, controlled by Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it doesn't have to be his mind split forty-two different ways. Yep. You know, so it's like they're justifying this insane fight in the very end of the movie, like step by step by step. But they're taking us along for the ride. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Here's what I didn't like, and it's relatively small things. Pepper. Mm-hmm. i'm not crazy about gwyneth paltrow's pepper now she has a bigger role in this movie don't have a problem with that you know Mm -hmm. but uh you know she gets kidnapped that happens in a ton of superhero movies i don't like that they gave her the superpowers why i don't like that they gave her the the you know whatever whatever we're calling whatever the bad guy has that makes you invulnerable Um. and super heat the, uh, the the icy hot yeah um. we'll call it, yeah the icy hot <laughs> uh, I didn't like the gave her the icy hot and it was so easily curable by Tony Stark afterwards it was just like ah look what I, look what I did to her it's like yeah we're gonna fuck her up when she fell off of that uh, the balcony in the shipyard and disappeared mm-hmm. into a fireball one Tony Stark was just like okay <laughs> and two it was just like well we all know she's not dead because she's got that invincible stuff although when she came out her hair was not singed off which was amazing. Um, it somehow <laughs> was like hair. totally regenerated, but you know, and then in the end, she saves Tony with her superpowers. Eh, I didn't like that. I mean, oh, I thought it was great. Eh, I didn't, I didn't like it. It just, it just I mean, seemed kind of silly. Like if she had saved Tony with the armor, like she did earlier, that's cool. That works for me. But you know, she she's got this superpowered strength, and somehow she she managed to live through it, which not everyone does. And then she manages to figure out how to use it immediately without any training or anything and uh, well i mean kind of she silly. well she she did have the iron man armor strapped on her before though yeah and she kind of cool. had to and she had to figure out how to work it and she did yeah that's fine but i just didn't like that they gave her the bad guy's power uh it just seemed kind of silly to me that i mean because then she's never in danger the whole time she's got that she's like oh help me tony i might fall from here it's like well you can't die because tony has been trying to kill these guys all uh movie and failing like, even when the guy blows up, he still reforms himself. So it's like, I'm not worried about you at all. Well, it's like, I, I, I see this as, like, uh, like a writer's, like, something like, like a writer boner. You know what I mean? Like, the writer's like, okay, so I have these opposing forces. This guy, like, you know, like, the evil of the, you know, American system rolled up into, like, this terrorist dude. And then you have Iron Man, who's, like post 9-11 America who's like trying to repent for his evil ways yeah you know and they're and they're coming to a head and what Pepper kind of represents is like the bridge between the two so it's all like metaphor it metaphorically makes sense like you're saying like okay the only way to kill the evil terrorist fireman is by having a combination of Iron Man and the fireman together yeah and that was that was Pepper I didn't like it I didn't yeah I don't, I don't really care for 
her in these movies. But I mean, I like that she's the CEO now. That's cool. But um, you know, see, I, I thought it was also cool that like she makes Tony look like an idiot. Yeah. Like in 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 the very in the very end, she's just like boom done, and she makes him just feel like that uh, looks like totally redundant. And I guess that's to me it was like all right that. That leads to his, uh, his uh, all right, so screw the Iron Man armors, I'm going to blow them all up. Because it's like, well, if my secretary slash my girlfriend can just, like, destroy the bad guy who I've been struggling with for, like, the last two hours, then, like, does the world really need, like, an Iron Man? See, for me, that was, like, a cheap way to end it. It's like, he's been struggling for two hours, so I want to see him overcome. I want to see what his amazing idea is to defeat the guy because he's been, oh, he didn't have to. Pepper did. And really easily. It's like, eh, I wanted to see what Tony would do and then give him a funny one-liner when he did it. You know, and then and then here's the... And this was kind of connected. The only other thing I have a problem with is there's like 45 versions of his armor all flying around. Mm-hmm. And they're getting fucked up throughout. And towards the end, when he's fighting the main bad guy, a couple armors try to come down and help him. And the guy, like, rips him to pieces. And so it seems like at the end... It's just Tony left. His armor's been all defeated, and it's mm-hmm. just this guy. Because if there were any copies of his armor left, you'd think they would all come down and try and save his life. <laughs> you'd think they would come down there and form a wall or all shoot the repulsor beams at him or anything, but it's like, fuck. Clearly at this point, there are none left. So Pepper has to save him. And then afterwards, Tony's like, you know what? I'm going to blow up all the versions of the Iron Man armor that are left and start my life new. And you're like, eh? There's still Iron Man versions left? And he starts blowing them up, and they blow up, like, fireworks in the sky like it's cute. I fucking counted, like, 15. There was still 15, and I think it kept going. There was, Mm -hmm. like, 15 Iron Man armors still out there flying around, just, like, doing patterns around the shipyard. Fucking Tony Stark is about to get killed by the bad guy, and only two armors came down to help. And then Pepper had to save the day. What were those 15 armors doing? <laughs> like, they could have formed a wall of 15 in front of him. They could have formed a circle around the bad guy and repulsor beamed the shit out of him. What the fuck was going on there? You know? Like, they saved it so they could have this, like, cute little look. They're, they're blowing up, like, fireworks at the end. Fuck that, man. There was 15 of you left. Well, Eric, well, check this out. Well, I mean, Tony had a lot of time. Uh, on his hands, and you know, he said like you know, every man needs a hobby. I, I actually saw last night uh, descriptions of uh, all the uh, Iron Man suits, uh-huh. and so, uh, and well, uh, let me just tell you, not every single one was uh, great for combat. Like there was, you know, Igor, the heavy lifting suit. Yeah, but he was about to die. I'll take any metal suit in front of me. I can. Well, I mean, there was there was the um, reading books to little children at press events suit. I, and there was the uh, kissing the queen uh, and making sure she uh, she didn't die suit. Yeah, but at the same time, dude, they all came to fight at the shipyards, and all he needed to do was climb into one and fly away because fire guy can't fly. So Tony Stark could have at least flown up thirty feet above him and just kind of you know reconfigure the situation, you know, come up with a new plan. So well, if there was like, <laughs> I I was okay with it because I thought they all got crushed. But at mm-hmm. the end, when there was still a veritable army of armors left, I was like, come on, man. Like, what no are you way, doing? Dude. Well, like, well, check it out. It's like, he, like, all right, Jarvis is in total control. And every time that a super suit came over, it's because uh, Tony Stark said so. Yeah, so he should have just kept calling them over. <laughs> and he didn't. I mean, I hear you. But, like, you know, like, there's a suit flying around that was only good for, like, taking a dump mid-flight. I'm just saying, he was about to die. I think if you're about to die, you take any kind of suit. 
over there. But like I said, these, these are minimal complaints because I really did like the movie. I had a fantastic time with it. It was just I really I didn't like the Pepper had the powers at the end, and I was a little confused at how many armors were still left. But overall, it was good. I liked it. And it I was, thought it, I thought it, it, was, was, it was fun, too. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like that, like, every time... Like they, they did a great job of justifying, like, okay, Tony's not quite in his Iron Man suit right now, or he's like sort of in it, mm. but they did a great job of justifying like why, and it was still it was still a lot of fun. And he did some investigating, unlike Batman. Yeah, <laughs> he did some real investigating, and uh, he didn't have his super suit on at the time. Yeah, it was cool. Like, there's no need for another Iron Man movie ever. There will be, of but, course, because they makes be. because they just made 200 million in China or something. Um, <laughs> So there will be. There doesn't need to be. And there certainly doesn't need to be a Robert Downey Jr., so I will just appreciate uh, this movie. Word. And it was a good ending. And, and, and I will say, you know, I, I acknowledge everybody, including some of the maniacs out there that, are, that found this movie totally underwhelming. That's fine. You know, it's like it's not for everybody, but I feel like as like a ridiculous action movie, which we love mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast, it definitely uh, brought home the bacon. Exactly. You know, like I said, I saw Death Race 3 this weekend. I saw Iron Man 3 this weekend. I appreciated both of them. So that's where my opinions come from. <laughs> we'll never be Siskel and Ebert. But, uh, but we like those movies. So, who, is the, uh, who directed the first Iron Man movie? Well, the first two were both by um, the guy from Swingers and the guy who plays Happy the Bodyguard. John, right. John Favreau. The, uh, he, he said in an article after, like, Iron Man 1, uh, he said something like, well, like, he's like, well, when I got tasked with, you know, um, doing the first Iron Man, I thought, well, who do I want as the villain? Obviously the Mandarin, because he's, like, the most Iron Man-y villain. Yeah. But, but he said, like, no, 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 it's not, it's never gonna work. You know, like, audiences won't accept, like, the Mandarin as a villain. You have to, like, build it up. So he's like, so, you know, if we built up Iron Man as a franchise, we could do Mandarin in movie three. Right. But then the tables got to turn because the Mandarin wasn't really actually the villain. Yeah. No, it worked. I'm sure, and I'm sure if people don't like this movie, that's probably, they're, they're going to be upset that Ben mm-hmm. Kingsley's Mandarin was end up fake. But I was cool with it because it tricked me. And a lot of, a lot of times I can't be tricked anymore. So I like that it was different. I, I'm just glad that we did not see Ben Kingsley floating around, <laughs> firing different colored beams out of his rings. Yes, here's my like, freeze ray. Yeah, this is my spank ray. <laughs> yeah. No, so it's cool. I liked it. It was a good way to kick off summer movie season, you know, and then now I can, uh, I can save up my pennies uh, for two weeks for Star Trek 2. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to Thor The Dark World. I saw a trailer. It looks good. Yeah, well, I mean that's not that's not till November. That's okay. So that doesn't count as a summer movie, but oh, okay. You must Still, wait. I, I well, you know what I can't wait for is is something in uh, like a, a a Marvel movie to come out with a scene that makes me excited for Avengers two in the credits. Yeah, see, that's what I was hoping. So I wasn't disappointed with the scene with Bruce Banner. I was just hoping for their, you know, every time there's a credit scene, it leads to the next movie. I was hoping there would be something, like maybe the introduction mm-hmm. of the Falcon for Captain America's movie next summer or something like mm. that. So, I'm, you know, I, I loved it, but yeah, no, I, I love getting excited at the end of those movies, too. Like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? It's Thor's hammer in the desert. Yeah, yeah, maybe they would have shown, like, some ants crawling up on his food, and he goes to smash one, and it gets all big, <laughs> and it's Ant-Man. Oh, shit! Maybe. <laughs> That's that man's only power is ruining picnics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. So uh, you got anything else? No, it was good. I did my thunder dump ahead of time. Dude, well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. The millions and millions of maniacs out there. You can check us out every week. We're on iTunes. Check us out at jumpmanpodcast.com. Uh, we're also on retrowaretv.com and eldergeek.com where they have amazing uh, features. So yeah. definitely check them out. And, and troll us on Facebook. We like it. Hell yeah, dude. And, <laughs> and, and and thanks to everybody who's been like responding on Facebook, man. We love everybody. And it seems to be like a small cadre of uh, of dudes. You know, like <laughs> Casper, Adam, Dave, <laughs> Alberto, Victor. You know who you are. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Yeah. I like, uh, I like when they find fun stuff for us you know nick cage stuff of course it's great hell yeah it means i don't have to search out that much stuff yeah cool man all right uh, i gotta go take a dump all right make it a, make it a make it a thunder jump yeah <laughs> goodbye bye jump man engage i find your lack of faith disturbing one shall stand one shall fall fatality